Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Why don't you open to Matthew chapter 5. Everybody say, I love my Bible. Everybody say, I need my Bible. You would be correct. The sun says free, is free indeed. I'm just going to be singing that all week, all week long. Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Lord, we just thank you right now for the power of your word this morning, God. Thank you that it has the power to change our lives. Lord, we pray this morning that you would just continue to speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Lord, speak to us through your word this morning, Lord. Help us to understand the handle, the application, the, the way we use it, Father, to, to live better for you. In Jesus' name. And the church said together, amen. amen, amen. We're in a series at the moment called I Know a Guy. And for those who may be new or just haven't been listening, <laughs> we're in this series because it's all about evangelism. See, God hasn't got some kind of marketing scheme that's separate from humanity that's going to reach the world. It's not like there's this separate sort of you know, ship that he's going to send from heaven that's going to be the evangelism vessel for the world. No, it's actually the opposite. God, in his mercy and his favor and his amazing grace, has invited us to become a part of the plan, a part of the rescue, a part of the opportunity, the, the, a part of the kingdom building thing that he's in the midst of. He's called us to be soul winners. In Proverbs 11, he says, he who captures souls is wise. And ultimately, that's referring to the ultimate soul winner, which is God. But God gives us the opportunity to play a part in his amazing work. There's always someone that we know that can help us do something. That's what I just kind of love about relationship. I love about people that sort of get to know or spend time with other people. It's always like whenever there's something that needs to be done, it's like, yeah, man, I just I know a guy who can help you. Or if I don't know the right person, I know someone who knows the right person. I know someone who can point you in the right direction. I know someone who can give you the answer that you need. But it's amazing to me as Christians, we get a little bit along in our Christianity and all of a sudden, we forget, talking, forget about talking about the guy. When we see someone who's in need, we see someone who maybe is, is at the end of their rope or someone who's having a difficulty, why is it that we're okay to give them the, the, the name of our handyman, but we won't even share the gospel? I know a guy. I know a guy who can help you. I know a guy who can heal you. I know a guy who can rescue you, I know a guy who can save you. 
His name is Jesus. I know a guy. And so I'm impressing upon our church, and I really feel like God is impressing upon me that He wants us to be the sole winners in our world. He wants to be, us to be the sole winners in our part of the world. Last week I spoke about fishing, spent a bit of time talking about fishing. I wonder how many of the men went fishing last Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but I talked about fishing and the way Jesus walked along the seashore that day and he spotted something in these men. He spotted something that was different about these guys. And I, was, I don't believe it was necessarily all about the natural, but there was something about their skill set that transferred to the spiritual. And all of a sudden, these guys were no longer fishermen, but they were fishers of men. And they took their skills. So I want to continue today from Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew 4, Jesus talks about fishing. In Matthew 5, the Savior of the world calls you and me salt of the earth. Salt of the earth and the light of the world. Light, I can understand, but salt, that's interesting to me. Has anyone got one of those bumper stickers, salt life? Guilty. If you don't have a salt life sticker, you should have a colonial sticker, okay? Take care of that this week. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Salt life, it's like this big movement here in this part of the world, this big thing, salt life. Some of you have probably been to that place, Salt Life. It's near my house. I think I'm there probably three times a week getting food. Spend a lot of time there and a lot of my money there, but the menu's good. But Salt Life, it's just kind of like this, this, this uh, saying. It's this idea. It sort of points to this, oh, I live in the beach community or I live, I live in this part of the world, northeast Florida. I, I love being by the water and being on the beach and you know, feeling the salt breeze and feeling the feeling the, the, just how good it is to live here. I love the climate. It's, it's salt life. But the thing is about that is I actually want to live a salt life. When it comes to my spiritual life, when it comes to the parallel, because in Scripture, one thing's for certain, there's always a natural conversation going on, and there's always a spiritual conversation going on. And see, what God is saying here is it's like, not about the natural salt, so to speak, but what about the spiritual salt? What about the spiritual side to your life? When I see that sign, when I see that, that bumper sticker, I'm actually like, yeah, I actually want to live a salt life. I want my life to be littered with salt. I want it to be everywhere in my life. I want to live an actual salt life. See, when it comes to actual salt in itself, salt is essential for life in general. Salt's actually needed. It's one of the basic human tastes, but salt, salt is actually one of the oldest food seasonings. And salting is an important method of food preservation. See, Jesus was getting at something when he said, you are to be the salt, or you are the salt of the earth. Salt's an important resource. Kingdoms in the ancient times would war over salt because it was so valuable. It was so important. In the New Testament, salt is a metaphor for what we as Christians represent in the world. In the New Testament, it's mentioned six times, but in the Old Testament, salt is mentioned over 35 times. Salt was in a very important in the process of bringing an offering to God. See, a lot of people may not know that. You may not know that, but it's very, very important. Look with me in Leviticus chapter 2. In verse 11, I'm reading from the ESV. I think we're going to put it up on the screen in the New Living Translation, it says this in verse 11. 
No grain offering, and a grain offering obviously is different from a burnt offering. A burnt offering is, is the animal, so if you were a rancher, so to speak, you would bring a burnt offering. If you were a, uh, a farmer of seed and, and so forth, you would bring a grain offering. And it says, no grain offering that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. And if you quickly fast forward to the New Testament, you remember what Jesus said about leaven, it will make, make sense. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey as a food offering to the Lord. As an offering of the first fruits, you may bring them to the Lord, but they shall not be offered on the altar for a pleasing aroma. You shall season all your grain offerings with salt. With salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. There was this idea in the Old Testament that salt was needed because God could smell. The, and, and when we brought an offering to God, we wanted there to be a pleasing aroma. So salt was important, but salt in itself is symbolic to God's people. In fact, on the Sabbath, Jews would dip specific types of bread in salt as a symbol of their relationship. It's symbolic of the preservation of the relationship between God and his people. In Numbers 18, God's instructing the Levites and the high priests in their work, what they, what they should and shouldn't do. In verse 19, it says this, All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, which we just read in Leviticus 2, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as what? An ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever. Before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in the land, you shall have no, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. Or in other words, salt signifies something. Salt is a picture of something. And that's why Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. That's why it's so important for us in the world today to be on the school councils. That's why it's so important for us to be running the corporations as Christians. That's why it's so important for us to have a voice in the community. Because we are the salt of the earth. We are the symbolic, we are the, the picture of God in the world. But salt in itself, it preserves. So you look at our world around us, I don't know about you, but I see a decay going on. Because the moment we take God out of the situation, all of a sudden there's decay. You take God out of the, 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 the organizations of the world, all of a sudden you begin to see decay, you begin to see chaos, you begin to see things just all of a sudden break down. Why? Because there's no salt. There's no salt. Are you with me? There's no salt anymore. Even our bodies are made up of salt. We have a salt content. 0.4%, four-tenths of 1% is salt. Salt preserves this world. I also think it's interesting. I did a little salt study this week. Kind of get a little nerdy like that. It's very, very, doesn't happen very often. But I did a little salt study and it was kind of amazing when I read about how salt is formed. It's hard up against the rock. Salt is formed when it's hard up against the rock, but it gets better. It grows and it forms even more when water washes over it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that just stands out to me. 
If we're the salt of the earth and we're hard up against the rock, which is Jesus, and all of a sudden we're living our lives close to Jesus and all about the things of God and we're letting the word of God wash over us, we are salt. And our salt content grows, if you like, if you want to put it that way. Our salt impact grows. Salt is formed by being close to the rock and washed with water. So I've got two points for us this morning. Normally I have three, but I'm just getting a little crazy today. I've only got two. The first point is this, you are salt. See, the thing about salt is salt is useful and it's necessary. It's useful and it's necessary. It's needed. It's needed to preserve, but it's also needed to make things taste good. Some of you are getting hungry in here this morning. I promise I won't preach over time. But you make God taste good. Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. I love the saying, what's the one thing that gives God a bad name? Christians. We are intended to make God taste good. We are intended to be salt seasoning for God. We are intended to be this salt on the earth. Psalm 34 and verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We're supposed to take that taste Last week I talked about bait being on a hook and us fishing. But we're supposed to take that taste and make it even better. Be God's representatives, be his reflection here on the earth and make him taste a little bit better and season in all that we do. Season in our actions, season in our purposes, season in our endeavors, season in the way we interact with people on a day-to-day basis. See, it's awesome that we get this opportunity In Colossians chapter 4, it says this, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, people that don't know the faith, making the best use of time. Verse 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Made better. Made more amazing. The fact that God is God is amazing. But somehow along the way, we get to be an additive to that and make God even more amazing. I don't know about you, but that's amazing to me. It stands out to me. We make God taste good. If you look at the word study of this passage, it talks about salt being a savior. But also Jesus says, but you can lose your saltiness. You could lose it as well. You ever come across someone who was on fire for God and... and, uh, you know, was doing amazing things for the Lord and they just fell away and maybe they developed some resentment in the heart and they just went completely off the deep end. See, the word here, if you study the Greek word, actually says to become foolish. When we lose our saltiness, we move away from the goodness, the characteristic that makes us so amazing, that makes us um, a representative of God, that actually attracts people to God. But when we lose our saltiness, we go the complete opposite way. We lose our impact. We lose our potency. We lose the ability to, to influence. And when you study the, the, the language, the Hebrew language, it literally means to become foolish. People look at you and say, man, that's just foolishness. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would I be like that? We lose our saltiness. We lose our kingdom potency. We lose that characteristic that makes salt so effective. And we, as people, begin to lose our effectiveness in the world. Good salt has high value. It's used. It's enjoyed. It preserves food. 
but bad salt gets thrown out. Bad salt has almost little use, and Jesus alludes to it here. He says it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on under people's feet. I just think about that, spending time in the Northeast. We lived up there for a couple of completely godless years (laughs) until we found salvation. But we lived in the Northeast, and I don't really like the cold that much, especially not living in the cold. And I would just notice every time there's a snowstorm, they just throw salt out on the road, throw salt all over the footpath, just get it out there. But that's not good salt. Jesus is talking about it here. It's just bad salt. It gets trampled under your feet. Good salt has an impact. Good salt influences. Proverbs 26 talks about the foolishness of people. In fact, Proverbs 26 is completely covered in the difference between good living and foolish living. But this is what we become when we lose our saltiness. Proverbs 26 and verse 7, like the, the uselessness, the useless legs of one who is lame is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Like, a, like tying a stone in a sling is the giving of honor to a fool. When we lose our saltiness, we become foolish. That's why it's so important to not let resentment get on the inside. That's why it's so important to not let bitterness get anywhere near your heart. That's why it's so important when it comes to offense. Offense is literally translated to a stumbling block. It's just a way for the enemy to get you off course. It's just a way for the enemy to, to, to try to steer you away from the call and the will that God has for your life. That's why it's so important that we guard our hearts. That's why it's so important we stay in church. We stay around faith-filled, encouraging people because we don't want to lose our saltiness. We don't want to allow ourselves to become foolish. We don't want to allow ourselves to lose the salt content. That's not a good thing. So the first point was, you are salt. The second point this morning is this. Be salt. You are salt. In the Old Testament, it was used in the literal sense, but in the New Testament, New Covenant relationship time that we live in, we are salt. We are salt here on the earth. So point number two is be salt. Be salt in the world around you. Be salt in your sphere of influence. Be salt exactly where God has put you. How do I do it? How do I... Just be salt. Just be yourself. (laughs) Just love the Lord your God and be yourself. Be close to the rock and be yourself. (laughs) Be close to Jesus on a daily basis and be yourself. Live your best salt life. You know, I think authenticity is one of the greatest attributes of a Christian. Authentic Christianity, I believe is one of the most attractive traits on the earth today. An authentic Christian who says, no, I don't necessarily have it all together. No, I don't necessarily have done it all right in my life. No, I don't necessarily am telling you that you should do this or do that, but I can tell you what God's done in my life. I can tell you how he's changed my life. I can tell you how the salt has impacted me. Be salt. Be yourself. See, there's one thing about salt. It's interesting, is it's an internal influence. Salt is an internal influence. Light is external, but salt works from the inside. Salt begins to change from the inside. Salt works quickly and quietly. <laughs> See, sometimes as Christians, we think we need to get up on a pedestal and start telling everyone what to do. But I think sometimes there's actually something beautiful about just stay, saying nothing at all and just being salt. Is anyone with me this morning? 
this resonating with anyone this morning? My own story, I've told it before, is getting into the financial world and that was my career when I started out when I was 20 and found myself around the most godless people. And the worst is they were godless and they had money. And Jesus spoke specifically about people who had money and how difficult it was for them to enter the kingdom of God because of the grip that money had on them. See, God doesn't have a problem with you having money. He has a problem with money having you. And I found myself in this situation. I was surrounded by people. And it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter how loud I spoke. It didn't matter how much I threw at them, whether it was scripture or you should do this or you should do that. And I found myself praying and like saying, Lord, what do I do? How do I navigate this situation? Lord, how do I be salt in this environment? And God just said this, just be yourself. Just be who you are. Just let the salt have an impact. Let the salt have an influence. And over the seasons of life, in the years that I was in that office, surrounded by all those people, salt began to have an impact. It worked quickly at times. It worked quietly at times. There were times when I felt like there was no impact at all, but I look back and there was plenty of impact. See, that's the way salt works. It changes from the inside out. Things begin to change when we understand that salt is in the world today and salt needs to be in our worlds. Amen? You know, when it comes to our sphere of influence, the point about this series is that we would be salt in the world today. That we would literally be the salt in our sphere, our, our influence, whatever we have going on around us. That we would be salt. But you know, God didn't give you your job to provide for you. This is going to be a crazy statement. Just give me a moment. But God did not give you your job so he could provide for you. Yes, he may bring, bring provision that way, but that's not the primary reason. See, God, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He could get you what you need anyway. The streets in heaven are made of gold. He didn't give you your job, your paycheck, so that he could provide. He gave you your job so you could be salt in the world around you. Salt to the people who have never come into contact with salt. It's so amazing when you find people, they're, just, they're like, man, I just don't, I don't want to go there anymore because there's no Christians anymore. But I'm like, that's the point. That's the point. You are called to be salt. Salt of the earth. I love just that idea when people say, oh man, that guy's such a great guy. He's just salt of the earth. He's just a salt of the earth guy. That's the point. We're called to be salt of the earth. Salt preserves our world and influences our world. We need people of salt to be in the companies, running the companies. No wonder Christians in the business world get persecuted so much because that's exactly where God wants them to be. We need salt to be on school councils so that we can still let our children do what they need to do according to the Bible in our, in our schools. We need salt in our schools. We need people of salt to be on the councils, the people making the laws, the people making the big decisions that affect all of us. We need salt. We need salt to be in the mother's groups. We need salt to be in the college campuses. We need salt to be everywhere out there in the world. There's a lot of salt in this room. And I love it. It's great. I'm really glad you all came to church today. It makes me feel good. But the important thing is we go out there and we be salt in our influence. 
our salt in our world, salt in whatever it looks like, and it looks, it looks different for every single person, but that's the point, is that we would be salt out there. We need more salt lives. We need more people to be more salty. I've got three things for us before we pray. How do I be salt in my world? The first is this, stay close to the rock. Stay close to the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus, Psalm 118 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Salt forms next to the rock. That's the best place we can be. Holiness comes when we pursue God and godliness is holiness. Want to know how to influence your world the way salt influences whatever it goes into? Pursue God. Go after the things of God and salt will work its way in. The second thing we need to do is this, let the water wash over us. Stay close to the rock and let the water wash over us. Ephesians 5 and verse 26, this is Paul speaking in the context of marriage. But I love what he says, verse 25, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. We've got to stay close to the rock. We've got to allow ourselves to be washed by the word. It's okay to miss it's okay that we all miss. We all miss a day from here and there. We have a busy morning, whatever we miss, but we need to be in the Word every single day. There's far too many Christians, they just come on a Sunday and that's where they get the Word of God. We need to be into the Word every single day. We need to be allowing it to wash us every single day, washing us clean, helping us to be salt because we are up against the rock. And number three, let the salt do its work. Stay close to the rock. Let the water wash over us and begin to let the salt do what salt does. Team, you can come back up. But I have this thought. Salt doesn't need to be told what to do. You ever thought about that? It's not like you have to activate a button or download an app. Salt just does what salt does. It influences and I really believe that if we can get this as believers, if we can understand this for ourselves and what it looks like for our own application, when we go out there in our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we are just salt, but we understand that we are salt, we are going to change things. It just has to happen that way. We find ourselves in the middle of a situation or amongst people who maybe don't know the Lord. Just let salt be an influence. Let your life be an influence. Let your own story begin to influence. I talked last week about getting to know our story, getting to, to be good at telling our story. But that's salt. That's the salt that makes God taste good. That's the salt that helps God see, people see God. Salt. We're going to stay close to the rock. We're going to be washed by the word. And let that salt make an influence and a difference in the world around us. In Jesus' name. Why don't you stand with me? Lord, we just thank you, Father, that somehow, some way, Lord, you've invited us into this amazing work called your plan. 
as you draw people close to yourself, Lord. Help us to be the salt of the earth that Jesus talked about. God, help us to understand that every breath we take is an opportunity for us to be salt to the people in our world. Father, this week and in the season ahead, Lord, as we encounter people, Father, help us to understand that the salt is having an influence. Help us to understand, Lord, that the salt is helping to preserve what you're doing here on the earth. Father, help us to understand, Lord, that you have a purpose for our lives. And the purpose is not to live for ourselves, but to live open, allowing salt to go into the the boardrooms, Lord, for the salt to go into the, the, the mother's group or the school groups, Lord, for the salt to go in, Father, to the places and the spaces that you've called us, God. Thank you for salt, Lord. Thank you that you've given us the opportunity to live lives of salt. So, Lord, I just pray, and I, Father, I pray that you'd help us this week understand the application even more so, Lord, for us to get it into our spirits, God, that you've got an amazing plan that needs to be outworked through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.